Hey, how you doing? Pray with me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks so much that you just spoke to us in your word and thanks that we can have your word that you've given us. Uh, please help us to understand your word. Um, I pray that we'll take it seriously and we will heed the warnings it gives us. Amen. Uh, there's some mistakes you don't want to make. Yeah? Some things that you do not want to get wrong and can't afford to get wrong. I'll tell you about a fun little mistake I made. It wasn't fun at the time, but you'll find it fun. So one time um, I was doing a prac for primary teaching at a school. Um, so I had a year six class. So what I decided to do is I'll run an indoor soccer comp at lunchtime. Heaps fun. Teams of five had to be mixed. So you had to have, you couldn't have all boys, couldn't have all girls. They had to be mixed. You had to have at least one girl, one boy. These five year six kids come up to me. They go, hey, we're here. This is our team. We're ready to play. And I go, what, what mistake do you reckon I made? Any ideas? Oh, I should have let them play. Anyway, I go, you need a girl in your team. They go, this is our girl. I go, no, you need a girl in your team. You can't play all boys. They've got to be mixed. That kid goes, I am a girl. I go, no, you can't do this. You need a girl in your team. Oh, it was so bad. It was, it was one of those iffy situations. Um, but a big mistake. No recovering. No like, oh, no, I meant... No, there, was, there was no coming back from that. Big mistake. Not, not good. Not good for a prac teacher. Luckily, no one saw. Um, but there's some things you don't want to get wrong. But what's the one thing in life that you definitely don't want to get wrong? That's not the biggest mistake I'm ever going to make in my life. Okay, what is the one mistake in your life that you cannot afford to make? Now, there's a couple options. It could be those big life decisions that we all kind of think about. What will you do for a job? Will you get married? Who will you marry? Where will you live? How many kids will you have? Those big things could be big decisions that maybe that could be the biggest mistake you make if you choose the wrong job. Or maybe it's the decisions you make now that could impact your future. Who will you be friends with? What will you do for fun? How hard are you going to work at school? Is that where the biggest mistake will happen? Or is the biggest mistake something you'll just never think about, like the little things, like looking both ways before crossing the street? That could, end up, that could for someone, be the biggest mistake they make. Not wearing a seatbelt. Wearing school uniform on a muffy day and looking like a loser. Okay, how much does that happen? Does everyone, does everyone, when it's Muffy Day, just really doubt that as you go into school, you have to call a mate because you do not want to be the kid that gets Muffy Day wrong? Yeah, okay, cool. Anyway, that's a mistake you can make. Uh, <laughs> that was just my little thing. I always did that. Um, so iffy. And any kid that's wearing school uniform, they didn't forget. They were just too scared to back themselves. Um, that's it. But none of, what is the biggest decision? The one decision, the one mistake that you do not want to make, the one thing you can't get wrong, that's what the Bible will answer. Okay? So it's going to be super helpful for you guys because if you listen to this, it will save you from making the biggest mistake in your life. Heaps good. Be in your best interest to get it. Um, so it's there, and it's in Galatians. So this term we've been looking at the book of Galatians. 
Um, Galatians, it's like a couple pages. It's like two. Two back, two and a bit. Okay, and it's a letter. It's a letter that this guy called Paul wrote to these Christians in a place called Galatia. Now, I've probably I've got a map up here, right? This is Galatia. Now, this might not mean anything to you, but there's Galatia right in the middle. Okay. Above my finger is Greece. And above my finger now is Italy. Okay? That gets you a little bit of an idea. Galatia's here. It's just to the right of Greece and Italy. All right? That's where Galatia is. So Paul's writing a letter to them. If you look in verse 1, you can see it's written by Paul. That's how they started letters, by saying, Paul, to the Galatians. So if I write a letter, I'd say, Curtis, to my mother. That's how, that's how letters worked. Um, so that's verse 1 and 2. You can see who it's to. But the letter was written 2,000 years ago. Old letter, old, old letter. After Jesus died, after Jesus came back from the dead. And what happened was, Paul, this Christian guy, he went all over the place telling people about Jesus. He told people in Galatia about Jesus, and he went up to them and said, I've got some good news for you, good news that Jesus brings. And he tells them, and they were like, oh yeah, that's sick! And they believed it, and they were loving it, and it was heaps good, and they became Christians. Okay? But then, some other dudes from over this chair, they cruise up to the Galatians, they're not mates with Paul, and they're like, hey Galatians, remember that thing you heard from Paul? Don't worry about it. Paul, more like Schmall, all right? Don't listen to Paul. I'll tell you some. It's similar, but it's different. Okay? And they tell them something different. And the Galatians go, oh, all right, sick. I believe that then. And they believe that. And Paul hears about that and goes, what are you doing? And he freaks out and he writes them this letter. Okay? And that's when he writes this letter after he hears that they've been listening to these other guys that have said something different to what he's been saying. It's time to straighten stuff out. That's what Paul does. Yeah. And this is, this is what he says. I'll tell you two things that he says at the start of this. The first thing, he says, there's only one true gospel. I want you to look, put your eyes down at verse 6. It'll be after the little heading. It'll start with I. Verse 6. And keep your Bibles open. We're going to be in it the whole time. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. That's the one that the other guys taught which is really no gospel at all. Paul comes into this letter, all guns blazing, and gets right down to business. He doesn't start the letter with, Hey Galatians, what's cracking? How you been? Keen to come to Galatia again and visit. He comes in and goes, Oh guys, there's one gospel and you guys have bailed from it. Okay? There's no messing around. He says, You have turned to a different gospel, which he says in verse 7, is no gospel at all. Now, what does he mean by gospel? Gospel means good news. It's a word we don't really use, but it's like a good news, a good message. You may bring good news that the war is over. That's probably how the gospel would come. Someone would come with the gospel and say, the war's over, and they'd go, you! Okay, that's gospel. Um, but in here, it's talking about good news that Jesus brings. Okay? Look at verse 3. He's going to tell us that good news. He gets it right out at the start of the letter. Okay? Verse 3. This is the good news that Jesus brings. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The good news is that, you see it in verse 4, Jesus gave himself for our sins. That's his suffering on the cross in our place. And keep looking in verse 4. To rescue us 
from the present evil age. His suffering rescued us so that we can spend eternity in heaven. Rescued us from the present evil age. This good news is Jesus rescuing us. That's what Paul brought. And I'll give you two words that are heaps good. Look at the start of verse 3. Tell me two awesome words at the start of verse 3. Oh, sick! Sam, you're the man. Okay. Grace and peace. These two words are awesome and they really helpfully help us to understand what this good news is. Grace and peace. Peace means that we're on good terms with God. Us and God have peace. Okay? Because of our sin, we weren't on good terms with God. But this good news is we can have peace with God. And grace means we did nothing to earn that peace. Okay? Grace, gift. Grace is a gift. We did nothing to earn it. God just gave us peace as a gift. Okay? Grace and peace. Awesome. Okay? That's the good news. And that's the only true gospel. Peace by grace. That's probably a helpful way to understand, to work out what the gospel is, really. Um, but then these other blokes rocked up and they said, yeah, peace. You can be, have peace with God and be on good terms with God, but it ain't by grace. You need to do heaps of stuff to earn it. You need to do things to earn it. You need to stick to the rules so that you can have peace with God. It wasn't all grace. There was some stuff involved. It wasn't a gift. It was like a, almost like a wage. You earn it. That was a, that was a lame thing to say. Wage is not a fun word. Um, but it's a word. It's kind of like that. You earn it. It's not grace. It's deserved. Okay? Um, but he says, there's one gospel, no others. Okay? His gospel, peace and grace, is the only true gospel. Okay? Only one way. Now, this is going to be my helpful story, okay, to understand this. Imagine you're sitting at school. Okay? Comes, comes round to Monday morning. You're just sitting in class. The bell goes. That was the bell. <laughs> and anyway, no, you're sitting in class. Oh, no, this is heaps better. I'm going to use the piano for this one. Okay, so you're sitting in class, and then that's the PA system. And the PA system says, a blazing fire has come all around the school, and it's surrounding the school, fire up to the roof, and it's just closing in a big circle. <laughs> I'm not going to use that. Anyway, um... Anyway, big fire's coming around. You're sitting in class going, oh, no. And then another announcement comes on. There you go. Attention, everybody. Um, Beavers have come and hacked at the phone line and none of the phones work and the fire's blown the reception. Now no one can call for help. Okay, but then... Another announcement comes and the local lion breeder from down the road has let his lions loose and they're running all over the place. Now, some of you have pieced these stories together and thought, but the lions won't be able to get there. They'll get burnt in the fire. Uh-uh. The lion breeder always puts fireproof suits on his lions says otherwise he loses his business. Okay, but anyway, next one comes and announcement, there are killer ants coming up from the ground and they're going to kill everyone. And they're coming from the ground. So you've got fire over here and this over here and it's like... Okay, and everything's gone bad. And you're just sitting there going, oh, this sucks. This is not the Monday I expected. Okay? And some, one of your mates who took the day off was loving it. Um, but anyway, so you're sitting down and you go, what am I going to do? Meanwhile, good noise, ding. Okay? A helicopter cruises in. Yay, a helicopter's going to come to save you. But 
while this helicopter's up there and the fire's blazing and everything, you're sitting in class. You don't know about the helicopter yet. Okay, you're just chilling. Three mates come up to you. They all bring good news. Okay. One comes up and goes, there's a helicopter outside, let's go. Next mate comes up right after him okay, and says, helicopter schmelicopter, let's dig a hole. I've got a shovel, let's go under and out. Ching, ching. Another mate comes over straight after and goes, shovel, schmovel, helicopter, relicopter, let's just chill. The fire will burn everything, everyone else and the ants and the, everything, the beavers and the lions. We'll just chill and it'll blow over and we'll be fine. Ting, ting. Okay. Which good news is going to work? Helicopter. Why is the digging the hole not going to work? There's ants everywhere and probably, I assume digging under a fire, it's probably going to collapse on you. Okay, why would just chilling and hoping that the fire gets rid of all the lions? And they have fireproof suits on so the fire won't get rid of them. Okay, in that situation, there's only one good news. The other ones don't work. Okay, one good news, one gospel in that situation. Okay, the other ones, phonies, ain't going to do it. Okay? One gospel. That's what Galatians is saying. Okay? That's what Galatians is saying. There's one true gospel, the gospel of grace and peace that the Bible has. One way to be saved. Only one. Now let me tell you how this plays out for you guys. Okay? I hear two things. One, never endingly love this gospel. The good news that we have is awesome. It's news of grace. We don't deserve peace with God, but Jesus earns it for us. What a gospel. What good news. Do you love that? Or do you get sick of the gospel? Oh, I hear this all the time. I've heard this so many times. I know this already. When you get the gospel, you will love it all the time. If you get sick of hearing the gospel, you don't get the gospel. So I'll give you two quick tips to help you never-endingly love this gospel. One, tell the gospel to yourself every day. Wake up and tell yourself about this good news. I'm totally serious. This will be really helpful. Okay? You, you tell yourself. You can look in the mirror or just tell yourself in your brain if you're not the pep-talk-in-the-mirror kind of guy. Um, you tell yourself in your brain. You are saved by grace. You didn't deserve this. You have peace with God. Preach it to yourself or you'll forget about it. Okay? That's a helpful way to remind yourself and help you to keep loving the gospel. Tell yourself. That's really helpful. Second one, tell it to other people. Preach the gospel to your friends. Okay? This will help them, but it will help you. There's something about talking about something really good that makes you more happy about it. If you go see a movie, you tell people about it. It's kind of not as good if you just see a movie and walk out by yourself and don't say anything. If you go win a soccer game, you kind of share and celebrate and tell people and it kind of makes your joy complete. Okay? You wouldn't be as happy if you never mentioned it. Preach the gospel to your friends, your Christian friends, your non-Christian friends. Let me rave for a second. No. Um, um, a lot of you are Christians, have friends that love Jesus, but never mention Jesus to each other. It's like you've got this weird thing how you don't want to talk to your friends about Jesus. Break past that. Help each other grow. Encourage one another. Actually do it. If it feels weird, break that weird barrier. If you're all Christians, no one's going to feel weird about it. Um, but that, that kind of weirdness is there. So try and break, 
past that. Um, anyway, rave over. Um, the second way this plays out for you, that there's only one gospel. Okay? You guys, if you're trusting Jesus, are gospel delivery men or women. Okay? There's one true gospel. If you're trusting Jesus, you're the one with that gospel. You are the one with this message among a school of people who are lost. You are not the sporty kid at school. You are not the cool kid. You're not the smart kid. You're not the lame kid. You're not that weird Christian kid. You are the person at school who has a message that can save the rest of the school from hell. That's who you are. Is that how you see yourself? The one who has the good news that everyone else needs? School's the best opportunity you're going to have to tell people about Jesus. Make the most of it. You have a message, go tell people. You're a gospel delivery man. That's the first thing Paul tells us. There's only one true gospel. But there's another thing in this chunk that I want to tell you. Because he comes out with guns ablaze and still, and he tells them every other gospel is dangerous. Very dangerous. I want you to put your eyes down. Verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we've already said, now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. This is intense. Paul is letting it loose right now. He's clearly getting fired up about these false teachings about Jesus. And he says, whoever teaches a fake gospel, they'll be cursed by God. Anyone who teaches something different to the good news about Jesus that is true, they'll be punished by God. This is serious. This isn't child's play. Now, I'm a primary teacher and I thought to myself, what's the worst that could happen if I teach someone the wrong thing? So if I'm teaching like how to write a story and I teach them the wrong way, the worst that can happen is what? They're not going to be heaps good at writing stories. They might not be an author when they grow up or they just learn it from the next teacher. Okay, not that big a deal. If I teach someone the wrong way to add four numbers to four numbers, well, they're not going to be good at maths. Maybe if I keep doing dodgy teaching like that, I'll get fired. Paul says, anyone who teaches the wrong way to be saved will be punished by God in hell. Every other gospel is dangerous. We need to be careful. And not only that, but anyone who believes these other gospels, they won't be saved either. Because there's only one gospel that saves. All other gospels are dangerous. The friend that came up and said, hey, let's dig our way out. What's going to happen to that guy? He's going to try and dig his way out. He's going to die. What would happen to everyone else who believes that guy? They're going to follow him and the same thing is going to happen. They're not going to be saved. Every other gospel is dangerous. So I want to tell you how this, go- this plays out for you guys. One, understand this gospel. You don't want to end up following a different gospel without knowing. Know the true gospel like the back of your hand. And it is extremely likely that some of you here now will abandon the true gospel in your lifetime and you won't even notice because you didn't know the true gospel well. 
Soak up the Bible. Learn what this gospel is. You want to be able to spot a false gospel a mile away. So I'll give you some handy tips to help you understand this gospel. One, get into the Bible heaps. The good news is in the Bible. Get stuck into it. Get the daily reading notes. Read the Bible. You need to be doing that. Second, bring your Bibles to youth. Otherwise, how are you going to know to check that what we are teaching is what the Bible is saying? If we teach a false gospel, you need to look and know. Bring your Bibles to youth. This is a real issue. A lot of you guys just aren't bringing your Bibles. You just go, I'm coming to youth, I'll bring money for the snack bar, but I'm not going to bring my Bible. Bring your Bibles. We need to make sure, because we don't want to get the gospel wrong. It's a big deal. Bring, bring your Bibles. Second one, third one, come to youth this term. We're going to be looking at Galatians. It's going to be awesome. We're going to get a good picture of the gospel. Beat those winter blues. Come to youth. So we can understand the true gospel and come with your Bible and come with a billion mates. Because you're a gospel delivery man. Uh, other gospels are very dangerous I'm going to show you one more way that this plays out for you listen to this, look at me Christian does not mean Christian just because someone says they are a Christian doesn't mean they're a Christian just because you say and think you are a Christian doesn't mean you have the gospel right doesn't mean you have the right good news the Galatians would have called themselves Christian. Those false teachers would have called themselves Christian, but they didn't have the gospel right. They got the good news mixed up. If you don't have the gospel right, you can call yourself a Christian, but you won't be saved by Jesus. Just because a church or a youth group calls themselves Christian doesn't mean they're teaching the one true gospel. Lots will teach other gospels, dangerous ones. So here's my three mini tips. Okay, take this. That'll be good. Okay. First, most importantly, sort yourself out. Okay. Find out if you have the gospel right. Read your Bible. Talk to a leader. Your first priority in this. Don't start worrying about other people yet. Worry about yourself. There's not often that we'll say that. Don't worry about anyone else yet. Worry about yourself first. But this is the time. Okay. Make sure you have the gospel right. Second one, be wary of other people and other churches that have the gospel wrong. Make sure you're not influenced by another gospel Make sure you've got the Bible right. And that goes here as well. That's why I want you to bring your Bibles along. Okay? And three, this is kind of on the other side of things. Don't think because someone disagrees with you that they are following a false gospel. Okay? Just because we can disagree about things with other Christians doesn't mean that the rest of them are going to hell. Okay? There's some things that are make or break, like thinking we're saved by what we do or thinking Jesus never existed. Those things are crucial. That's gospel. How can we be saved? And some things we just disagree on. Okay? But they're not make or break. Yeah. Paul in Galatians is fired up. Okay? He's doing the writing equivalent of just a smack in the face. Okay? And why is he saying this stuff? Why is he saying all that we've been looking at tonight? He is warning the Galatians. Don't get the gospel wrong. And that's a warning that we need to hear. We can't get the gospel wrong. There's only one true gospel, only one way to be saved, and every other one is dangerous. We need to get the right gospel and hold on to it. What's the one thing you don't want to get wrong in life? This is where 
It will help you in life. We will say, this will save you from making the biggest mistake you could make. Don't get the gospel wrong. Getting the gospel wrong is the worst mistake you can make. It will cost you an eternity with joy. It will strip that away from you and it will leave you on judgment day before God with no leg to stand on. Don't get the gospel wrong. Very important. If you hear anything, I want you to drill that into your brain. Don't get the gospel wrong. It'd be good to pray. How about, how about if you guys pray with me and we'll pray together that we won't get the gospel wrong. So pray with me. Father, thanks so much that you have given us good news. Thank you that we can be saved from our sin and saved from the present evil age. Thank you so much that we are saved by what Jesus has done and not by what we do. God, please help us to get the right gospel, to understand the gospel and to not get the gospel wrong. God, I pray for everyone in this room that we can trust and believe the true message that the Bible tells us. And don't let us ever be deceived by false teaching. Amen.